Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If you've been listening to the podcast of late, you'll know I've been wearing you guys out with 80 song lyrics, but this morning... You're going to get a little flat-out 1970s CCR, which is before even my time. Heck of a band, but the song that they sang in 1971 was a question worth asking Wednesday night into early Thursday. Yes, I wonder, still I wonder, who'll stop the rain? And the answer, nobody. And since the leaky bullpen allowed a 4-2 lead to slip away, the game got suspended, tied up 4-4 to be resumed in two weeks' time. Frustrating, wasteful, and killing a scheduled off day in San Diego, for God's sake. But let's do a podcast anyway and try to be all cheerful about it. This, as always, is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Five-year plans and new deals wrapped in golden chains. And I wonder, still I wonder, who will stop the rain. Did you know CCR never had a number one hit? That song peaked at number two, as did five others. They never went number one on the Billboard Top 100. There were number one hits for, oh, I don't know, Disco Duck, Harlem Shake, My Ding-A-Ling, the theme from Shaft. But Creedence Clearwater Revival never went to the top of the charts with any of their amazing songs. You think that's funny? I'm not exactly laughing like a green shirt guy. I'm doing a podcast while trying not to wake the dog. And I've got the hiccups. Josh Lewin with you. If I do uh, hiccup right in the middle of this, I'm not going to stop tape. I'm just going to keep going. It's very late. And that was a very frustrating non-decision. The Red Sox were in position to take two out of three from KC. All due respect, they should take at least two out of three from KC. Last year, they'd have found a way to take four out of three from KC. It reminds me of the the Norm MacDonald bit on Weekend Update years ago, talking about why Julia Roberts was getting divorced from Lyle Lovett. Roberts said the turning point in their marriage was the moment she realized she's Julia Roberts and he's Lyle Lovett. You're the defending World Series champion Red Sox, they're the freaking rebuilding, tanking, listless Kansas City Royals. So two out of three, it would be anyway with a win Wednesday night, but they couldn't hold a lead and then it rained. So August 22nd is the best available mutual off day, although that's right in the middle of the, the Jimmy Fun telethon. Uh, that, that off day was going to be used with a purpose. And now they've got to play a 105, not full game, mind you. They're going to pick this thing up four four, three pitchers into the 10th inning. That's when Josh Taylor was on the mound. Maybe he'll, he'll be the opener. I mean, he's already in the game. There is some Kansas City precedent here. Uh, that, that's a good band name, the Kansas City precedent. The Pine Tar game. The, uh, yeah, I mean, this was pretty famously done years and years ago when the, the game had to be resumed 
This was Tim McClelland and George Brett. The Pine Tar game at Yankee Stadium, the old 6.06D about a bat being declared illegal. George Brett hit what appeared to be the go-ahead ninth-inning home run. He was ruled out, then kicked out for using too much pine tar. The Royals' protest was upheld, and that game that had begun and seemingly ended July 24th had to reconvene August 18th. This, too, will be reconvening about two weeks later or so. And uh, in that one, they needed to play the last out of the top of the ninth is all they needed to do. And then the bottom of the ninth, it took 12 minutes in front of about 300 fans. And you know who played center field for the Yankees in the top of the ninth? Ron Guidry. Because once the game had reconvened, the Yankees had traded Jerry Mumphrey, and they had no one else available from their July 24th roster. George Brett watched the last 12 minutes of that reconvened game from a restaurant in New Jersey, waiting for the team to finish up and meet him for the charter flight down to Baltimore. And for Kansas City, they are going between Baltimore and Cleveland. They'll do a little weird stopover in Boston to resume. So they're rescheduling some plans. I'm rescheduling plans. The the San Diego off day, some of you might know, I live most of the year in San Diego. And that off day was going to be having the entire radio crew, TV crew over to the condo, go play some football on the beach and barbecue and have just a, a great old time. And now because the bullpen couldn't hold it and because the skies opened up, uh, we will not be doing that. Now, that's just me being bitter because the guy who has the hiccups really late in the, uh, in the morning. So uh, the last 22 times the Sox have gotten six innings from a starter, they had been 17 and five. And since Eduardo Rodriguez is by far the most likely starter this year to give the Sox six innings, you figured that was a reason things set up well for a win heading in on Wednesday night. The starting rotation that costs about $90 million, the most effective and consistent of that whole rotation is also the least expensive, Eduardo Rodriguez. He's actually taken the mound for the start of the seventh inning 10 out of 23 times this year coming into Wednesday. Last year it was two out of 23 times. But on this night, Erod was lucky to make it through five innings because through three, he was at a staggering 76 pitches, most by a Red Sox starter all year. So you knew it was going to get to the bullpen, and the Red Sox got there with a 4-2 lead. J.D. Martinez had a two-run home run. But, you know, the bullpen, you just had this wonky feeling. And, and you know, speaking before the baseball writers in January, Dave Dombrowski, you might remember, identified four candidates who could be closers. It was Ryan Brazier, Matt Barnes, Tyler Thornburg, and Stephen Wright. He hinted Tyler Thornburg could do it as well. Well, here we are, 114 and nine-tenths through the season, and only Barnes has even come close to living up to that. Brazier's regressed. He's in AAA. Thornburg was a complete disaster. He got released. Wright is probably going to end the year having thrown less than seven innings. We'll get to him in just a little bit. But the, the Sox, at the very least, they lucked into a Brandon Workman breakthrough. You know, I was a guy who's been up and down his entire career. And he actually got in this game needing to protect four to four. And did so, although even that was dicey in this one. Workman with 19 hits allowed and 50 innings of work heading in. And we note that his previous 50 innings spanning 2018 and back to 2017, 44 hits allowed. So this year has been a revelation, to put it quite mildly. But a hit allowed run away, uh, right away to Hunter Dozier in the ninth. He worked around it. Game goes to the bottom of the ninth in the rain. Mookie singles. And you've got Devers coming up, Bogart's coming up, J.D. coming up against a reliever you've never heard of. But no one can come through. And this game, kind of like the season, just 
hangs in the balance. Kansas City, just you know, before we leave them entirely, Kansas City went to the World Series in 2014 and 2015, won it that second year in, and galvanized a city. 2016, stop me if this sounds familiar, they returned the same team virtually intact. City was going bananas for them, but they won 81 and 81. And they stood pat at the trade deadline, too. They finished 81 and 81. Was that a cautionary tale from our Midwestern brethren? Was it right there all along? We all just kind of missed the, the symbolism. Just throwing that out there at an odd hour. Uh, anyway, Alex Cora, after the game, which is not a full game yet, it's suspended. The stats will carry over. Uh, he had some, some weary, tired-sounding thoughts on uh, where it all is. I was almost home, to be honest with you. Game is not over. How do you like it so far? Hmm? How do you like it so far? <laughs> it wasn't great, to be honest with you. I um, think Eddie was a little wild uh, around the edges of strong, uh, the zone. He had to battle, throw the five innings, um, you know. One thing I'm liking about him, he wants to go deeper, you know, but today was a grind for him. Um, they put good at bats, the lefties, you know, Lopez goes the other way, and then they base it up the middle. He had to make pitches, so that's why I decided to go uh, in another direction. You're obviously really looking forward to those off days, and now one is instead of an off day in San Diego, you're playing the Royals for an inning. Yeah, there's a lot of people upset about that one, like no golfing or SeaWorld or Legoland. You know, no marina, no whatever, but it is what it is, you know. I mean, there was no other option. So we, we'll play it, and and we move, we move forward. No, that was, a, that was, I mean, because you see, you see him running, and he's elite, and then you see the ball, like, it wasn't even close, you know, so... Uh, when he took off, I thought he, he left early, and then I called JT. He's like, no, nah, no, nah. he, he left on time, and that was electric. That was, that's what he brings to the table. That, that's what he brings to the equation, you know. And, and he, he goes up and down with his offense, but the defense is always there, and he saves games uh, just standing in center field and making plays. You see the hitters kind of expanding in the, in the zone still? Uh, that, uh... Um, we, we did, I think, uh, some of them. Um, you know, Rafi got some tough pitches to hit in the last inning. You know, fastball upper up away, and you know there were strikes actually. Um, we had a chance to to add on first and third, and actually Benny, you know, against the lefty, he hit the pop up. But you know, overall, not clicking at all cylinders. Or we know we're gonna we're gonna be fine offensively. What do you think of the volume when you went out for that second? Excellent, excellent. Um, you know, first pitch. Was kind of like out of third. The guy puts a, a you know, ground ball through the through the hole, and then the O2 pitch. He doesn't get it up enough, and they put it on play, and they get the base hit. The wild pitch, obviously, came into play, but uh, you know the second inning was impressive. You know, uh, location, velocity, the conviction of the pitches. It was good to see. With the like, was there a point at which it became clear? Like, did you think you were going to be here for like ten hours or something, waiting for the delay? I mean, when when it was stopped and knowing with the schedule and everything else, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. You know, I thought it would like, well, you know, we'll spend time here and uh, we play whenever, and after that we have breakfast as a team. 
Hi, there is the manager. Couple notes from the great beyond. Some statistical nuggets from our friends at Boston Sports Info, which is a great follow on Twitter, by the way, at Boston Sports Info. And if you're not following me, feel free. I'm at Josh Lewin stuff, but I don't have anything really as interesting on on my feed. Uh, These guys figured out last year's Red Sox were one of 33 teams in modern Major League history. That's since 1908. Uh, to win two-thirds of their games or better. The 2019 Red Sox could be the only team of those 33 to follow it up with a win percentage as low as 525. In fact, right now, that win percentage is only 517. One more on uh, Red Sox starters for you. First 20 games, we know that was a nightmare. The team was six games under 500. Starters ERA was 6.6. The last 20 games, starters ERA has been 6.8, and they've been four games under 500. But if you look at the 76 games in the middle of that crap, the, the fine meat between the moldy bread, if you will, 45 and 31, four and a quarter ERA, just something to go crazy thinking about because there really was a stretch where they did enough. It's, it's been those first 20 and most recent 20 that have just sunk them like a stone. Double A, got to bring up the lefty Daniel McGrath. We, we very seldom talk about the Portland Sea Dogs on this podcast, but there's a 25-year-old Australian who has allowed one earned run in his last 59 innings. Very close to an Oral Hershiser run right there. 59 innings, one run allowed with Portland. Just tied a career high with nine strikeouts Tuesdays. A guy to be thinking about. But don't think about Stephen Wright. He may be done for the season. Heath Hembree is expected to return. Uh, Hembree, in the first couple months of the year, was one of the most effective relievers. Had a 2.5 ERA. 189 opposing batting average, but between the, the recent stints on the IL, Hembry allowed 10 runs, six walks in nine innings, three home runs. We knew something was wrong. It, maybe he'll be back around mid-September. Stephen Wright, elbow is barking. Who knows where that'll end up? He's at six and a third innings for the year, and maybe he's done. Dustin Pedroia, let's all hope he's not done. He did undergo a successful left knee joint preservation procedure on Tuesday, we all found out about it Wednesday, to hear it told, this is more just a quality of life kind of surgery. It's nothing that's really going to help him get back on the baseball field anytime soon, although we're certainly hoping he, he finds a way. So as we look to, uh, again, save August 22nd as the date of resumption for Red Sox Royals, and again, it, it could all be over with one swing of the bat. How weird is that? I mean, whatever the Red Sox do with tickets and, and that whole policy, this is a suspended game in the bottom of the 10th, or excuse me, in the top of the 10th. And uh, if you get through one, two, three, and then somebody just hits one out right away, I mean, it could be nine minutes of your day. That's August 22nd. August 23rd of next year, that's a fun one to circle on your calendar. The Orioles put it out there today, uh, or yesterday, I guess now, that the Red Sox and Orioles will be doing that Williamsport game. Next year, August 23rd, 2020, Sunday Night Baseball. It's an Orioles home game that they're giving up. But I I did this uh, with the Mets a year ago, uh, followed the Mets and Phillies over there to Williamsport. It was a blast. And I think Red Sox players and fans alike will have a really fun time with that. It's not like the Orioles really need a home game anyway. So just something to to salt away for next year if you happen to want to go to Williamsport. Next up, you got the Angels coming in, and Chris Sale only 5-11 and against an undefeated left-hander named Dylan Peters. He's 2-0. and Chris Sale began the year close to 1,500 career innings. It is possible that he simply reached the point in a pitcher's career 
where he doesn't have what he once did. I mean, CC Sabathia once averaged 95, 96 on his fastball. He was down to 93 miles an hour in 2012. He never really recovered. He was 31 years old, had 2,300 innings under his belt at that point. Sales, 30. Uh, and I'm not saying that Sale and Sabathia are the same guy. I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes a guy turns 30 and it, it just becomes a velocity drop. Maybe it's as simple as that. Since the start of May, however, Chris Sale leads the majors in strikeouts per nine innings among starters. He's at 14.1. He'll be making his first ever start against the Angels at Fenway, which is a little weird. He's always dominated this team. Mike Trout and all, a 6-0 lifetime against him, 1.23 ERA. He could use a good one. So could David Price on Friday. Uh, that'll be a 7-10 game. Saturday, that's a 4-0-5 first pitch with Rick Porcello against TBA. Sunday, hopefully there's some redemption for Andrew Kashner against the lefty Patrick Sandoval. And a quick shout-out here. This weekend, the Red Sox Foundation collecting new white athletic socks to benefit the Boston Healthcare for the Homeless program. And it's a really good program. It gets medical care to Boston's homeless. 14th annual Socks for Socks Drive. Volunteers are collecting socks at every gate before the games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, this all goes to, to good places here, getting the, the socks to patients they care for on the streets and park benches and shelters all across Boston. So just to give them a, a shout-out, bhchp.org if you want more info. We'll get more info about this game uh, that was to have been completed Wednesday night sometime the afternoon of August 22. Again, 4-4, suspended, heavy rains, came in the 10th inning, and isn't that kind of how it goes this year? Josh Lewin with you. Made it without the hiccups. I did it. I'm going to go pat myself on the back and, and then go right to sleep. Talk to you tomorrow and hopefully have an actual real live full ball game to recap for you with the Angels in town. Take her easy. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.